Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to our channel, Protect the Pack. I am your host, Gregory Willingham, and I'm delighted to present to you another episode. Uh, continue our money management series with a discussion panel on how to become a millionaire. Our team will provide their philosophy on money management, investment, and what a millionaire actually means for them. Again, we are not experts, so we highly encourage anybody who has um, questions and would like to learn more about the topics to seek out the professional financial advisors or financial investors. However, our information and our team will provoke thought to either consider redoing some things or consider looking at your portfolio. So stay tuned, listen in, and live well. It's a balance too. This is different for every individual, but I have to constantly remind myself as I get older, am I saving my money for when I'm really old or am I going to use my money to control my life that I am living right now and live for the moment? And I think that's a balance that you have to do. We're going to transition a little bit from laying the foundation to create a decent credit score and a budget where you feel at least healthy enough to make moves and start making your money work for you. So the question I have is how do we get to the point where we got a hundred thousand dollars to almost becoming a millionaire? Like becoming a millionaire is really simple, right? Uh, the math is really simple and execution is different. So I'm going to ramble for a minute because I got some numbers here, but if you want to be a millionaire, because for whatever reason, that's the magic number for everybody. Uh, we'll go into why that's probably not the magic number for you uh, here in a little bit. But if you want to be a millionaire, you have to save $30,000 a year for 33 years. Super easy, right? Because everybody can just save $30,000 a year starting right now. Starting the first year or two they work, right? Of course they can. Obviously not. Uh, what if you want to retire early? I want to retire early. That means I'd have to save $50,000 a year for 20 years. So if you want to retire from the military, do a 20-year military career, you need to put away $50,000 a year. Super feasible, he said sarcastically. <laughs> what about a more realistic approach? What if you're okay with doing the retiring at 65 thing, right? So that just means you have to save $21,275 over a 47-year period. That means you start working at 18, retire at 65, right? That's probably the most feasible on here, right? But no, who, who really wants to work until they're 65? Who wants to have to work until they're 65? It's one thing if you want to keep yourself busy, but again, it comes down to that control piece. I want to be done at 20 years. Will I have a million dollars in the bank? Oh, no. No, I won't. I definitely won't. But will I be able to live like a millionaire? We'll, we'll be able to kind of go into that here in a second. But when it comes to these ridiculous uh, figures I just threw out there, you just look at our pay tables, right? If you want to do the 33 years, you want to be a millionaire, you need $2,500 a month. You don't even make that in your base pay until you're an E4 at three years. That means you have to save every single dime. Also, we're just pretending taxes don't count here for some weird reason, but you'd have to save every single dime, live only off your BAH and BAS. Yeah, probably not going to happen, right? So what about... Retiring early, that 50000 a year, well, that's $4,160 a month. You aren't even going to hit that until you are an E6 with 16 years in or an E7 at 10 years. I'm trying to paint this picture for everybody to understand that saving money isn't going to be what 
makes you a millionaire isn't gonna be that thing that allows you to have that control in your life to stop working, right? So that's not gonna happen. 99% of airmen aren't gonna become millionaires because they saved a bunch of money. It's just not gonna happen, right? So you don't make the money to do it until a ridiculous amount of time. So, so why? Why, how do you do this type of thing? Well, you can't save, basically what I'm telling you, you can't save that much money. You're just not gonna be able to do it for the most part, at least not easily, not feasible type situation. But that's why we have things like investing, things like putting away money, things like TSP to help you get where you go. Thoughts, anybody? Yeah, go, Scott, you want to hit on uh, TSP? Oh, a little bit with TSP. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, if I'm right, I've been retired for 16 years now. And I think they started the TSP about a year or two before I retired. And it wasn't mandatory. It was brand new. And I, uh, I didn't put any money into it because I found out that I couldn't put into it as a retiree. So I'm like, well, why am I going to give you like, two years worth of X number of dollars and then I can't even touch it? It stays there. It's not doing do me any good. So I ignored it. And it wasn't until around 2007 uh, I got hired as a, a DOD a civilian employee and they automatically uh, invest for you. And I believe uh, it's and it's still that way today. Uh, they put for DOD civilian employees. I think they put in. Um, they automatically take one percent out of your paycheck, and they, they put it towards the the thrift savings plan, and they match it. I, I can't come up with a precise number, precise number, but they do match it up to five uh, percent. Up to five percent. Okay. And then there's a max number that you're allowed to put in, and I think it's like 18% or $18,000, I think, is what you're allowed to actually put in towards a TSP for everybody. Um, for military personnel, it's not, uh, they don't automatically enroll you, but you can do it voluntarily. It's a, it's a really good <clears throat> thing. I, I like it. It's, uh, uh, I elected, I think I, in, I invest now like 10% out, out of my paycheck goes towards that, and then Obviously, the federal government matches it up to 5%. So if you don't do that, I think you're just throwing away money. If you don't invest to get that 5% from, from the, the, uh, the federal government. Um, I did discover for the first couple of years I had a TSP that there are several uh, funds that you can actually move your money around in, and they put everybody in the government securities, which is the least risky uh, doesn't make as much money as anything else. It's super safe. And uh, as soon as I discovered that, I started moving my money around. So you have some control over your TSP. Um, and there's several ways you can look into some different funds and different different uh, funds you could put it in. There's small cap and uh, overseas investing and things that are technology, some different things you can do that. And, and then basically the people who run the TSP kind of manage your money for you. It, it's, it's a good thing. I've actually saved a lot of money and I've made a lot of money off that also. Uh, it's a safe way to invest by letting somebody else manage your investment for you. You don't have a lot of control over it though. Uh, one of the things that I actually discovered about the TSP, it was super cool. You can borrow money from your TSP. You're borrowing money from, from yourself. So I had a recreational property that, uh, I had to put down X number number uh, uh, numbers down to purchase it. Instead of going out and getting a loan and a really high paying interest rate, I borrowed money from my TSP, and it's based on the amount that you have in at the time. They'll give you a percentage. I borrowed money from my TSP, and then 
very, very nominal interest rate. I think it was like 1.2% was what I had to pay back, right? And monthly payments. Um, and you can use that money for anything. You can also use the money for uh, to improve your home. So you can pay that back in five years. If you use it for anything else, I think you have 10 years to pay it back and they pull it right out of your, or out of your pay. The advantage of that is that the money's yours. You're just borrowing it, right? And a small interest rate. The downside is, is that let's say you take out $30,000. That $30,000 is not accruing interest from the TSP investment the entire duration until you pay it back. And you can pay it back early. I, I, I did. So that's a good thing. Just another way to actually get money. And they don't check your credit history when you're borrowing money from yourself. It's yours. Yeah, so um, I originally got into the TSP um, at my first duty station in, in Bramstein. I just had a NCO sit me down and show me. He pulled, we, I remember we were up at, um, at work. And he pulled up his computer and started showing me all of his numbers that he's been contributing for the past eight years of his military career. And I had been putting money into it. They tell you know they tell you a little bit about it at basic. They t they told me enough to where I was like, yeah, I should put some money in there because I know it's benefit. I don't know all the details, but I know that that's something smart for me to do because you know it's going to occur interest throughout throughout your military career. And if you become a DoD civilian, it will continue uh, when you when you separate. And basically, I'd been contributing for three years, and I just had it in the basic fund, and I was making, like, no money off of this, and um, I just didn't know any better. And so that's where he sat me down and showed me that this is where you kind of have that flexibility to actually manage your own funds that you're contributing to, you know, that Roth IRA, that TSP, um, whether that be that traditional or, or not. Um, but, and yeah, now, so now I pay, pay a lot of attention to it. I move funds around all the time. Um, yeah, I try to keep tabs on it. But it's pretty hands-off for the most part, which is, which is nice. A lot of people, you don't have to be super knowledgeable about moving funds around and things like that. If you just put the money in there, it's going to work for you. The charts explain it. One of the things I like about the TSP also is that once you set up the contributions, uh, unless you stop them, they're going to continue. So it kind of forces you to invest money. It's happening automatically. And if you just put it out of your mind, it's going to happen. As opposed to investing on your own, I got to make a conscious effort. How much money can I afford to risk? How much money am I afford to put over here? And also, I forgot to mention, Ryan, uh, could you talk about the, the Roth versus the traditional? Um, so so I, I can help out yeah, with that. Um, yeah. So. So I'll get into that, and I'm going to tell you why I don't like the TSP, too. But Roth versus uh, regular IRAs, uh, if I remember correctly, Roth is basically you've already paid all the taxes, right? So you've already used your taxed income. You're putting it in, so you're not taxed when you take out. If I'm saying that right, hopefully. Now, a uh, regular IRA, you're putting money in, putting money in, and then when you pull out, you're taxed then. So it's just about a tax um, either before or after, as far as I know, when it comes yeah. to the Roth versus yeah, yeah. otherwise. Yeah, Tr traditional is not taxed. Uh, Roth is. So I guess basically the... The income that you're putting in, right? Yeah, you're using after-tax dollars in Roth. Uh, you're using pre-tax dollars in traditional. And I guess the strategy that people follow in that is, uh, is that you, you want to stay with the traditional method if you believe that you are going to be taxed lower when you retire at the lower yeah. tax bracket and that you want to go in the Roth 
if you think that you're going to be in a higher tax bracket when you retire. Yep. Um, so I guess ultimately the best strategy is probably to have a combination of both. You know? Yeah, and, and uh, it's funny they have they have a saying: pay the pennies now, save the dollars later. Uh, and basically, what that means is I'd rather pay tax on you know my three hundred dollar contribution rather than upfront, rather than uh, whatever the tax is when I'm pulling out in twenty years when I have eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, what's it's, it going to what's it going to look it's like? It's going to be future. significantly yeah. uh, different, and and you know taxes. I don't know. It's up for interpretation on if they could rise or if they could lower. But I don't really see taxes ever going lower. <laughs> uh, potentially for them going up, who knows? But they're probably not going to lower. So uh, you could get away with doing it, paying your taxes now, and, and calling it good. Those are those are all really good points. Um, let me tell you why I don't like the TSP though. So again, for me, money's control, right? And TSP is good. A Roth IRA is good. An IRA is good. You should do something. That's that's the key thing. If you take away nothing from this podcast or any conversations we have, you need to start doing something now with your money so the future you will benefit from it, right? That is the whole purpose. I, even with being able to move things from one fund to another in the TSP, that's not enough control for me. I want to know the exact stock I'm buying. I want to know, um, I know they do a combination of stocks, bonds, all that kind of stuff. If I want to invest in Tesla, I want to invest in Tesla. I don't want to hope that their tech sector that they've built up for their portfolio includes that I want to put into this one company. Not saying that I do invest in them because I don't, but that's just one example. Uh, I also, Scott, I know you said it's your money and you can borrow from it for sure. You can, but I don't want to borrow my money. When I want my money, I want my money. And if I want to just, if I want a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account, I will sell my shares and I'll put it in my bank account. It'll be there in two days. I don't have to borrow. I don't have to pay anything on it. Nothing. It's mine. I get to keep it. Everyone leave me alone. Don't make me pay taxes on it. <laughs> I mean, you will pay taxes at the end of the month if you, yeah. or at the end of the year if you've made money. <laughs> that is income. But I just like that control. I want this stock in this sector. So you can still diversify. You can do all these things. And you can buy and sell a lot easier, a lot quicker, things along those lines. You're just not going to have the same opportunity to make money in a TSP that you're going to if you're picking and choosing your stocks. Absolutely. Yeah, I can, I can uh, totally agree with that control piece there, but, um, and that, and that's where it comes down to, Hey, are we, do we, are we having somebody who's super knowledgeable, right? In, in investing that's able or has the time or has the knowledge to manage their port, their own portfolio and their own stocks. That's, that's a, a lot of time, right? It's something that I recently started picking up, uh, this year, uh, being able to do that. However, I still contribute to a TSB and a Roth IRA, uh, just because I think it's important to diversify and, and I'm no expert, so if I'm investing in the you know stock market, and it, and and I make a bad move, that's going to be a hit on me. But I know that I'm still okay because I'm investing in you know I'm diversifying my funds into other people managing them, yeah. and I'm also taking my own control to manage it as well. Right, right. I I, I agree, James. I understand your point of view. Yeah, uh, it's all risk I, tolerance I, I, is really what it falls yep. down to. Absolutely correct. Yeah, I think it comes down to risk is, and for me, I want to diversify. I want my money in a a lot of different things. I want multiple sources of income. You know? <laughs> so if one fails, I can rely on the other ones. You know, they're safe that way. So don't put all your eggs in one basket. Let me uh, let me hit on something real quick, if that's okay. So I gave all this doom and gloom and basically painted a picture that nobody will ever be a millionaire because they didn't. They can't save up enough money. Um, I only like to paint the picture that it is damn hard to save up that kind of money because you're just not going to make enough money for the average person, especially military member enlisted. You can you do well. We do well. And as we go up in the ranks, yes, we do fine. We have BAH, BAS. We even have COLA. 
understand something that Scott alluded to it earlier, not every place has cola, right? I mentioned I've been in Alaska twice. That's one of the reasons I'm in Alaska. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big difference. You make a lot more money with that cola and we need it. We need it to subsist and do what we have to do for the most part. But if you can save that cola, you are far and away doing better than the average person. So that's money you can, you can take away from, you can learn, you know, yeah, I can save for a few months. And then before you know, you have all this money touched aside. Like, okay, well now this money's sitting in the bank, your savings account, right? Maybe drawing a half percent, 1% interest. Cool. I have $10,000 in the bank and I got paid $3 this year for having that money in there. That doesn't keep up with inflation. So you're actually losing money. So the point is, Having money in a bank is a good thing, right? You need to be able to have money, funds, emergency funds to do what you have to do. But if you're not making your money work for you, you'll never, you'll never reach the goals you really want to reach. You just, it's going to be too difficult. It'll take, uh, take too long. You can never do the 20 year retirement at that rate, unless you're going to live in, in very modest means. That's the clarity I like to make when I talk about that millionaire piece, because I do want to live like a millionaire. That doesn't mean I need a million dollars. For me, I have a whole plan. When I retire, if I have $300,000 in the bank, I know what companies I'm going to invest in based on their dividend. I know how much income I'm going to have that year because of their dividend. I know how much money I'm going to have from retirement, from the military. I know exactly what I can do. So I can live like a millionaire. And when I say live like a millionaire, I have 100% control. If I don't want to work, I can easily live on the money I'll be able to save that I've already had saved up from the investment dividend piece and the retirement. And I can just sit and play video games all day if I want to, or I can go out and get a, another job. What would be some last minute takeaways that you all want to, to let everybody know? I'd say uh, build a budget if that's your thing. Just know where you're spending your money. Um, invest in something, whether that be a TSP. It's easy for us to get started in. You go on my pay, click a couple buttons, and you literally enroll with a percentage, and you, that's it. You don't even know that it's coming out. Um, talk to a financial advisor. We're not experts here, but you could reach out to any one of us. We've already expressed that here. Uh, shoot us an email uh, if you have questions or, or make contact. Uh, but yeah, invest in something. That's, that's all I really, that's the biggest thing, takeaway, I would say. I say the budget's important. I think all of this is important. Do something now so your future self thanks you. Uh, before you do anything, I want to reiterate on the pay yourself first. Everybody has bills. Everybody has things they have to do. And you need to pay yourself before you pay other people. That means whatever you need to put in savings, you do that before you pay your bills. That is the best way to help build a healthy budget. Obviously, you still have to pay your bills. You have to do all the things you have to do. But if you say, I will save $500 a month, and every paycheck you put $250 away before you give any money to any, anyone else, you've already met your goal, right? Do that first. Pay yourself. You'll thank yourself later. Yeah, I think... Uh I think ultimate goal of any, every human being, you know, is actually to be happy. And I don't think you don't necessarily need to be rich to be happy. Uh, I think that we all want to be wealthy, but I think that's significantly different than being rich. I think you need to have enough money for that is like James said earlier to control what you can in your life. To me, that's, that's wealth. I'd rather be wealthy than rich. I don't want to be, you know, sitting on a huge stack of money and it's like, I'm sad. You know, I'd rather be, I'd rather be able to do my fun activities. I want to be able to live my lifestyle. Uh, and for me, it's kind of funny because I'm having to be the oldest one in the room here. So it's a balance too. And this is different for every individual. 
But I have to constantly remind myself as I get older, am I saving my money for when I'm really old or am I going to use my money to control my life that I am living right now and live for the moment? And I think that's a balance that you have to do because I don't want to wait 20 years and have a whole lot of money and they're like, this is awesome. <laughs> and then I can't really enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I can look at it. This is, this is cool. I'd rather enjoy my life right now in, in the moment because we not, might not be here tomorrow, especially the way I live my life. So. <laughs> Picturing Scott on the stack of money, wiping away tears of hundred dollar bills. I'm like, yeah, maybe I could live like that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I want to thank each and every one of you for your perspective, for taking the time to do this. I greatly appreciate it. I know I've learned something, and I'm sure the audience out there, if you're uh, coming in with an open mind and heart, I know you've learned something, has some takeaways. So again, feel free to reach out to any of us, and we will help you out if we can. Again, we're not experts, so you have those resources um, on any installation that you're at or military. Uh, so feel free to, as they said before, talk to a professional consultant or financial advisor, but we are also here to give you our experiences. Until next time. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you.